0: The Decameron, A Year of Otherworldly Tales, by Shauna Kozar, Episode 4, Isabel. Isabel looked at the notice again in disbelief. Due to lockdown requirements and the need to reduce on-site staff and respond flexibly to the reality of significantly reduced revenues for the foreseeable future, the university has taken the difficult decision that, with the exception of final year medical residents and graduating nursing students attached to the university hospital, all graduate stipends and fellowships are suspended forthwith. Furthermore, all graduates not engaged by the medical school are asked to vacate the residences by the end of the week. So, in a single stroke, she was homeless, unemployed, and unable to apply for benefits because she'd been living on a grant. For some inexplicable reason, grants were considered the same as prizes for tax purposes. Isabel had long felt that her life was like a lottery, But she wouldn't say she had ever been on any kind of a winning streak. For perhaps the first time in her life since taking the research post at the paleontology unit, though, she had felt like she had fallen on her feet at last. She had a job she loved, an income and access to all the research data she would need to finish her dissertation. And she could hunt dragons and figure out who she was in her spare time, It was great work while it had lasted. Now she was just Isabel Kempion, unemployed grad student, closet cryptobiologist, and amateur medievalist. She wished she could just walk into an old manuscript book and slam the cover shut. Well, maybe not slam exactly. That would be reckless. But she wanted to disappear among the beautiful old pages. She had always felt an affinity to marginalia for some reason, like her very existence was an intricate footnote, but she was pretty sure she wouldn't slip into a gold-edged initial letter like some dainty princess working away at her embroidery. No, she'd never be a princess, though she was actually Lady Isabel Kempion, fat lot of good that did her now a father besotted by his young witch of a second wife, and a brother who would only come to her aid if she came bearing gifts first, and who had persuaded their father to suspend her allowance until she took up something sensible, like marriage. Then her inheritance could be a one-off payment for a dowry, and Owen could tilt with her delectable, detestable step-monster Lilith for the estate after the old man died. Some family. "'What's it worth, Bella?' Owen's catchphrase. "'What was the gist of his last email?' "'Oh, yes. "'Could she see her way clear as a working scientist "'to use her wiles on whatever dusty old professors "'might be the guardians to admittance "'into the hallowed ranks of the society on his behalf? "'A few academic runes after his name "'would be useful once he came into his inheritance "'for the look of the thing.' "'She would laughed at that.' The Chancellor would have found Owen more to his liking than Isabel, and all the other members had wives who made her stepmother look like a flower fairy. Isabel's influence in that world stopped more abruptly than her stipend had in this one. Hell no, if she could disappear into a manuscript, she'd never be pressed between the pages of history a delicate princess. She'd be a dragon. She was pretty sure that deep down she was a dragon though just at this moment she could have used a cave to crawl into and a hoard to pay the bills. She saw she had two messages on her phone. One was a call to join some kind of online storytelling group. That could wait, though it looked enticingly distracting just now. The other was from her erstwhile research supervisor, the gentle, eccentric, and brilliant Professor Lyle, she would never make a princess, but it seemed he had definitely come through as her knight in shining armor, which surprised her because she never really thought of him as completely tethered to the real world. Maybe pandemics had that effect on some people, she thought he was asking her to phone him rather than text. Must be important, Isabel thought as she pressed the call option for messages, something she rarely did these days. Hello, Isabel, You asked me to call, Professor. Yes, thank you. I wanted to explain what I've managed to set up for you in person. The speed of sound is still faster than my thumbs, I'm afraid. Isabel smiled. Yes, I know what you mean. Listen, Isabel, I think the university's policy on non-medical research students is absolutely inhumane. It's all about saving money now in the face of projected lower revenues. I had quite a set-to with the chancellor, I can tell you. "'Isabel imagined her supervisor getting medieval in the general direction of the Chancellor. "'The image was too funny. "'But she also knew what the altercation probably cost him, so she didn't laugh. "'I said you were one of my best students, "'and there was no way I was having you thrown out into plague-ridden streets,' "'Dr. Lyle continued heatedly. "'I tried to get you one of the self-catering studios we have for visiting scholars, "'since no one would be visiting for quite some time, but he would not be moved.' but though it's a bit cobbled, I did manage to get you a job of sorts with half-pay and room, although you'll have to sort your own meals and housekeeping. Of course, I prefer cooking for myself anyway, Isabel answered, relief washing over her in waves. What do you mean, Professor? Well, you'll be able to continue your cataloguing work in the paleo lab, and you will have to log two hours every day looking after the live animals that are still in biology. Feed them... Mineral handling, clean the cages, maintain the temperature and humidity, and so on. All the supplies are there. Most of the staff are being laid off, but there will be a skeleton crew of guards and maintenance people for the entire campus. One of the senior staff, who will be on call across several science labs, will show you what to do. Do you think you can look after living creatures as well as you do the bones of their ancestors? Of course I can. Thank you, Professor. I thought so. "'Dr. Lyle replied warmly. "'Your flat, such as it is, will consist of the biology common room, "'the staff washroom there, which has a shower, "'and the two ventilated storage rooms. "'Quite cramped, I'm afraid, "'but a small refrigerator will be cleaned for your use, "'and some kitchen things and a hot plate and kettle will be brought in. "'A portable bed is being moved in from the infirmary today, with bedding. "'The keys will be in your mailbox at the residence. "'You should move your things as soon as you can.' I fear it will be a bit spartan, but it's the best I could do. A reduced grant will be deposited into your account for the work you'll be doing for the duration, and there will, of course, be no rent for your accommodation. I made sure the Chancellor and I were clear on that, at least. I'll bet you did, Isabel. thought. You are a lifesaver, Professor. I can't thank you enough. It was the least I could do for my brightest young researcher, under the circumstances. Continue the work, Isabel. "'I have great hopes for you.' "'He rang off with the sound of renewed hope "'clear in Isabel's voice. "'Find where be dragons,' he thought wistfully. "'For once I believed in magic too "'and dreamed I could track its migration "'through all the ages of the world.' "'Back in the residence, "'Isabel absent-mindedly accepted the call "'in the starting glass. "'Now that her immediate needs were sorted again,' She could find time for a little diversion, and storytelling was a useful skill in her kind of research. If you couldn't prove exactly where the old bones were from all the time, you could at least make them dance. As she was packing her few belongings in her battered rucksack, her phone chimed. Mara Darkmage. Some people had an overly developed sense of the melodramatic, Isabel decided, but it took all kinds to imagine a world even a text-based one. Hail, fellow dragon lady. We are four. Come to the tavern. Our quest is about to begin. Dragon lady? Isabel felt a frisson of apprehension, but returned a courteous salutation. Who are you calling lady? She grinned to herself. The Decameron, A Year of Otherworldly Tales, is an original work by Shauna Kozar, all rights reserved. Shauna gratefully acknowledges that she lives and works in a beautiful, storied place, the ancestral lands of the Snamuk First Nation, and that she crafts her tales thanks to the support of the Canada Council.